I'm Rachel Poli with Ari Manglin, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. We're on episode 44, and this week's question is, what has inspired your writing? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. And if you enjoy this episode, please give it a like. So in a previous episode, we had the discussion about whether authors should stick to one genre or if they should be free to dapple in multiple genres. I kind of forget what we said for that. I think we, we had pros and cons for both. But for me, I like to write in multiple genres. So when we ask the question, what has inspired your writing? It's kind of a broad question. But for the sake of this episode, I'll stick to my mystery novels because that's kind of what I mainly write and that's what I have the most fun with. So what has inspired my cozy mystery series? First things first, I don't know. Ever since I was younger, I was always really enthralled by mystery things and I wanted to be a secret agent when I grew up. When I realized that I couldn't be a secret agent, I decided I wanted to be a detective, but then no, like that, that's too much stress and then blood and things like that. No, I wouldn't have the stomach for it. I wouldn't have the stamina for it. So that's just a no. And then when I was in fifth grade, I discovered writing. I didn't start writing mystery off the bat, but a couple years later, I started, I was at Barnes and Noble with my sister and I just had a blank notebook and I decided I was going to write something totally random. And George was born, except he was a bumbling idiot like think Pink Panther type detective. So he's totally different now than what he started off as. On that day, once I started writing George, it just kind of stuck with me. And ever since then, I've been on the mystery hype train. I think I think I don't know is a brilliant answer because I think a lot of people aren't always completely aware of what inspires their writing, especially because it can be these little snippets, these little flakes of ideas that kind of, snowball into something bigger so trying to pin down what single thing has sort of like inspired your writing right at the beginning especially it is quite hard and like you you know you, you bounce through lots of different things and uh, I, I I love the idea that you went from like secret agent to detective <laughs> and by the way I always wanted to I always wanted to be a spy and then a private detective but then it was like oh you have to talk to people and interview people yeah. and like um infiltrate situations you know and if you go undercover and it's like oh no that sounds awful no <laughs> so yeah those those dreams died but <laughs> but i but i do i do feel it i understand that so I'm like yeah that sounds great i actually <laughs> used to have a spy notebook and um my there was one time, I don't know why this sticks out in my brain, but one time my sister and I were spying on our mother to see if her cooking was real or not. <laughs> and I just remember we had our little tape recorder and we were like trying to like eavesdrop on her conversation while she was talking on the phone with our grandmother. <laughs> Did you find out? Was it real? No, she heard us spying on her. So she was like, oh my <laughs> <laughs> oh. and that's when um, I knew spying was not for me <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh the spying world has, has, has lost a, a potential such a shame oh it is such a shame. <laughs> now I do like the fact that I literally went that's such a good idea that I don't know and most people don't and I'm gonna answer it with here's one thing that definitely inspired me <laughs> 
one of the big inspirations I've always had has been mythology because it's everywhere. Every country, every culture has some form of mythology. Uh, their stories of the way people viewed the world and how it made sense to them, whether it was, you know, the sun was pulled across the sky in a chariot or rolled across the sky by a scarab beetle, you know, why we had storms, why crops died. You know, it wasn't just, oh, there's a locusts eating all the crops. It was, oh my goodness, someone has cursed us and the locusts are coming because they cursed us. And, and you know, there was always that much more colourful ideas in, uh, in mythology. Social interactions and moral dilemmas or very, very immoral ideas, especially with some of the Greek stuff, you know. Um, but I do, I, I've always loved mythology and since I was really little and I've had so many different mythology books, um, you know, whether it's the Celtic mythologies, Egyptian mythology, Greek mythology, Mesopotamia, I just, I love that sort of thing. And you can sort of pull ideas and thoughts and concepts out of them because they've always got these rich characters. And with that being said, my current trilogy, um, The Blessed, is actually loosely inspired by Greek mythology. And I just, I think that's one of those things I've always, I've always loved the stories within mythology. So I have so many more ideas and novel structures sort of waiting in the wings that have been created and developed from some of these old cultural ideals. And I think, yeah, I think you'll probably find mythology threads through a lot of my stories, actually. So, yeah, I think, I think mythology is definitely a big one for me. And you've got such a range to pick from because there are so many. I really like that because the possibilities really are endless with mythology. And I love mythology, too. I kind of, you know, fell off that wagon as I grew older. But in the back of my mind, I've always wanted to get back into it and read more stories and learn more about it. But when I was in middle school, I was hugely into mythology. And I did write a, I did write a short story. I had to for my sixth grade English class. I had to write a short story um, based off of, like, some sort of mythology or a fable or something. So I wrote about how the giraffe got its long neck. And I think I wrote that it got its head stuck in a bucket or something like that. And as it was trying to pull <laughs> its neck elongated. <laughs> but mytholo mythology is so cool. And that, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get back into mythology. You just reminded me. <laughs> that sounds like a, a, a book buying, uh, Situation's going to be brewing over there. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait till the blessed comes out. Oh, get on it. I'd be forever. It might honestly be forever right now. <laughs> I love how we're both talking about our, our uh, work in progresses that we've both been working on for years. And when are they going to come out? Who knows? We don't even know. It's a surprise. <laughs> True, although I feel like the more we mention it on a podcast, I'm feeling the sort of pressure of accountability from our readers. But yeah, I just get this, this sense that we might actually have to finish some of these. I know, I know. To all of our listeners out there, please keep us accountable. Nicely. But yes, keep us accountable. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing with my mystery stuff. I like ghosts. That's another thing that I, I don't know why. I don't know. 
when I was younger, I was like deathly afraid of ghosts and paranormal stuff. And then as I grew older, I became so fascinated with it. And like video games like Luigi's Mansion, that's one of my favorite games. I don't know why, but I just, I love the whole ghost and paranormal aspects of everything. And of course, obviously, if you're writing a mystery, you chances are you're, you're writing murder because that's like one of the biggest mystery issues, <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> So, death, destruction, ghosts, yay! I don't, I don't know why, like, it's the total, I really have nothing to explain this with because I have anxiety and I used to be so afraid of this stuff when I was younger and part of the reason I write cozy mysteries is because I'm not into violence or gore or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, dead people and death, yeah, sure. <laughs> Like, I actually have another mystery series all planned out when I am eventually finished with George about a paranormal detective. So, that, that'll that come out in the next hundred years, probably, <laughs> at this rate. <laughs> I am right up there with you with the paranormal stuff. I think it's that kind of unknown. It's like you don't know whether it's real or whether it's fake or whether it's it's there's a, a sort of a different uh, uh, explanation to what you think it is you know yeah. so and and it's always been it's been a very popular subject as the paranormal and ghost hunting and all things like that and that's still some of the, the best fantasy I've ever read I love things like that and one of my other manuscripts that is also not <laughs> technically it's finished it's just not been edited properly and, used to go, and I'm just ignoring it, um, is my preternatural fantasy, Dark Heart. And that's, that's, it's preternatural rather than paranormal, but there are, uh, there are pieces of paranormal that sort of flutter through. And I love researching paranormal and going on and reading case studies and seeing, especially again, in different countries that, you know, you'll, you'll read of case studies from years ago over different countries. They're all experiencing um, phenomena the same way and these are countries that are massively separate in the way they deal with things and the way they understand things and I love that and my my preternatural series actually has a kind of a preternatural detective um, but I am not good with mysteries so <laughs> this is why it's, it's kind of lingered because I haven't got that kind of mystery brain to, to work out the best way to, to sort of tell the story, which is why it's still lingering and not been finished properly and not been edited. And because and I'm just looking at it going, nah, it doesn't really read right. <laughs> but I think I think paranormal stuff is brilliant because again, there's so much there's so much scope with it. And again, depending on which country you're writing about or which culture, you add layer upon layer on that scope. So I think, yeah, I think that's a great thing for inspiring. And again, they do so well, movies, TV, books. It's uh, it's it's not lost its flair. I don't think. I think people are still craving the paranormal. Yeah, I I think it's a fascinating topic because the, you're you're right. Everybody experiences the same thing, but it's so different at the same time. With that being said, I'm gonna switch to something more normal, more understanding. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm going to say that 
one of the other things that inspires my work is nature. Um, it's mostly like the ideas of ecosystems that coexist and that co-depend on each other and how one change can disrupt so much throughout the world. And I've always been kind of fascinated with that anyway. And I have often tried to pull inspiration from nature from that, whether it's like, you know, the hive mind of bees or the echolocation ability of bats, whether it's the simple, you know, if you do this thing over here on this area, it will have a massive impact further down, you know, like on a stream, if you do some sort of thing, something at the top of the stream, it will go all the way down and affect everything in that ecosystem. And again, I think it's like anything, it's like if you do the research about it, you find out some really cool things that you can then sort of piece into stories. I think I read somewhere where there was like tree stumps that have been kept alive by other trees nearby. It's where mushrooms have this like massive network of roots and everything underneath the ground. And I'm sure I've read this. I really hope that I'm not mixing it up. But trees have actually used that, those root systems of mushrooms to like, I want to say like pass nutrients through to other trees or... Or, or you know, chemically communicate. I am probably sounding like an absolute loony here, and I will try and find the information and I will put it in the description below. But yeah, there's definitely something between mushrooms and trees. And it was really cool, but obviously my my crab brain is not <laughs> remembering it in detail. And I probably should have figured this out before we did the podcast and made detailed notes. But hey, we do things by the seat of our pants here, and we we get nowhere, obviously. <laughs> But yeah, nature, it's great. It's full of awesome things. Yeah, great. Perfect for inspiration. That's so cool, though, that you you take what happens in real life and what nature is doing on an everyday basis that no one really notices, I guess you could say, and you weave that into your stories. That's awesome. Well, I know nothing awesome. about nature. Oh, it's so just like, it was just one of those things that, like, I never... I don't know, like obviously you learn about it in school, but I just never really retained the information and I never thought about it further. Like I, I love trees and flowers and you know, everything like that. I take care of it, but I don't know exactly how it works. Like you seem to know, you seem to be very into it and like know everything and that's awesome. I, I think it's just good. I've always, I've always loved nature and I do a lot of research on my own. And I always remember I read the, um, the Shadow of the Act book series, or most of it, um, by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Definitely put a link in the description. And he, his was incredible because his characters were like humans, but they had insect kind of connections. So you had like the beetle people and the praying mantis people and the ants and like because ants can actually sort of like communicate with like chemicals his his ant characters were all telepathic like termite characters who were really good at building because that's what termites do and wasp characters that could shoot stings and it was really weird seeing these human characters but with these unusual insect connections and it, if you've not read the series it is brilliant it's so detailed and yeah, it's um, it's one of the most unique ones I've read in a long time, and it was just and and I I mean it was it was weird the idea like obviously you know they were riding tarantulas 
into battle and things like that because they had these giant tarantulas and if they were sailing ships they had spiders who would fix the sails with silk and it was just so different than what you used to and it just it gave me i mean i've always liked insect information and, and studying insects but it totally gave me a, t a different idea of, of of it totally gave me a new appreciation for the insect life and, and things like that and it just shows what you can take from like you know what we're saying with nature being an inspiration this guy just completely made this incredible series with obviously inspired by certain aspects in nature and it's it just totally blew my mind seriously that sounds amazing i don't even like bugs but that sounds really cool i'll have to look that up yeah seriously i mean there was like i can't remember how many books uh, the problem is that they were great and then the last books were starting to get massive and then the, the one the last one i've got i think it was called like sea watch or something and it was like this huge tome and i couldn't even hold it in two hands to read it so i haven't actually read it yet it's just sat on the shelf but yeah until i got to that it was it was really good <laughs> wow <laughs> i'm glad i'm editing this episode so that way when i get to that part when i get to this part of the episode i'll actually remember to grab a note and <laughs> write down the name <laughs> i always do that i'm like oh yeah i'll totally pick that look that book up and pick it up and read it and then i like what was that again i don't remember <laughs> Half the times I don't even ask myself, what was that again? I just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that sounds really cool. And that, what a good inspiration for you too, because you can see how other people have done it. Yeah. And then you can yeah. build off of that and, you know, figure out, well, what, you know, what can I do with nature? How can I weave this into my stories without copying, of course? Of course. Yes. Well, I don't know how I can top nature, um, but my next point is video games. <laughs> nice. Uh, a huge video game, or well, a huge thing that has inspired my cozy mystery is the video game Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. And that's, it's a visual novel game where you play as a defense lawyer and you investigate murder cases and you go to court and you prove them innocent. And, but it's so much more in depth than that because it's, there's a whole series to it and the characters are so deep and the overall story and characters are just wonderful. Like I could go on and on and gush about it. And there, there are spiritual aspects of that. Like one of, a couple of the characters are spirit mediums. So there you go, more ghosts, more paranormal stuff. And, but all the, all the characters, they're also quirky. When I started writing in fifth grade, um, one of the, I started with Ninja Turtle fan fiction, but one of the things people told me about my writing was that they loved how humorous it was and they enjoyed how quirky my characters were. So seeing Phoenix write Ace Attorney, even though it's not necessarily a book, it's a video game, but seeing how the characters are so quirky and stuff, it kind of, it helped me realize that yes, I can write quirky characters. It inspired me to explore more options of like, you know, the whole mystery branch between, you know, murder, robbery, investigation, going to court, and things like that. But then also, it just kind of helped inspire my characters a little bit because, you know, I can write quirky characters. And sure, there will probably be some people who say, you know, this is totally unrealistic, but hey, it's fiction. 
So I'm rolling with it. Exactly. And who wants realism all the time? If we wanted realism, we won't be watching The <laughs> Hobbit. But yeah, no, I, uh, I, I like that. I like the idea because I, I am not, I'll be honest, I am not a gamer. I have played computer games. I love certain computer games, but I'm the sort of person that if I find one computer game, I just play it to death and that's it. You know, it's like when Sonic came out, I just, that was the only thing I played for like five years. And then when Tekken came out, like, this is how old I am, I'm going, <laughs> I go back to Dizzy and, and, and Chuck Rock from yeah, things like that, if anyone even remembers those. But yeah, so, but I was never massively a gamer because I don't think my, I don't think I had that sort of focus to like, especially the bigger games now where there's a lot more in depth, like what you're talking about. I, I, I'd be like, oh, I'm confused, off. But I appreciate the depth that goes into computer games and just how inspiring they can be. I mean, let's be honest, look at all the movies that have come out of, from computer games. Yeah. So it's, it's like the, there's so much there that can sort of help to develop characterization, help to develop world building. Just watching how other people do it with things like a video game, especially because you've got that lovely visual as well. And I know, I think I did, what, I did, I think I did try Assassin's Creed like once and I remember running around or, or riding around on a horse and you are, obviously you saw the world sort of building up around you and it's oh there's this happening and that happening and, and I was forever going what's that about what, what are we doing here <laughs> because I'm that sort of person <laughs> and it was it did kind of give you this idea about well this will happen and that might happen and this is the market and that's what and these are the people in charge and you had this incredible visual that could totally be inspiring so yeah I can, I can totally see that. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's like a mixture between a book and a movie, I think. Yeah. Because it's, it's like, like an interactive you're, you're, movie. Right. Yeah. You're seeing the story happen. You're reading about it and you're actually interacting with it. So it's kind of, it's similar. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think it's very good for people who are very um, visual people. Yes. I think especially if you're, you know, um, prefer something visual than just reading about same mythology if you can go and play a game that's got some form of mythology in it and you've got that visual aspect that can kind of really trigger ideas i think that's great yeah see i'm being really boring <laughs> you're really boring you're like ghosts and no. video games and i'm like nature <laughs> but you no, yours makes sense and they're they're great because you you take what's what's real i don't like real life <laughs> although i guess well mythology it's, no, it's real, really in real, culture yeah i mean it's still still real oh yeah i mean like you know you look at the, the temples in in greece with the statues and you know you've still got symbols all over the place in different right. cultures and, and things so yeah i think it, i think it's 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 a dug into reality yes I and that perfectly leads to my next point, which is places. See, it's so boring. <laughs> but it might it may sound strange, but a single photo of a, like a random place I can I find very inspiring. It doesn't have to be some sort of old haunted abandoned building that's bristling with overgrown ivy, but can be a simple midday city shot. And I think this again is why we love Pinterest. Because if you're not a traveller, and I do not travel, I am very anti-travel because I just hate leaving where I know. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
and I hate planes and I hate trains. <laughs> I've never been on a train. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's that's a conversation for another time because that's just okay. different. But yeah, so if you're not a traveller, then how do you know about other locations? And let's be honest, it's looking at photos from other people. And you can sit with some friend and family member who's been to like Corfu and sits with a god awful holiday photos. I don't recommend that. Or you can go on Pinterest where there are actual travel bloggers and people who go all over the world to really incredible places and you look at their photos without having to go, oh yeah, that looks great. Mm, tell me more if you sat with somebody. And I actually have a Pinterest board called Inspiring Places and it could be anything. It could be some sort of weird building on the top of a hill. It could be an ocean scape, one of those like underground cave areas, just really, really odd places. And it's just like a little spark. It helps you to raise questions. Who lives here? Do they like it? What do they see out their window? How do they get to places? Is it remote? Is it a place where lots of people are? Is it seeped in history? Anything like that. So I think these kind of, they're almost like snapshots of, of maybe a, a place in your world or a character's viewpoint. And I think that can be really inspiring. I think I'm going to have to take a page out of your book though. Because I, obviously, yeah, Pinterest is wonderful. And I look at so many different things on Pinterest. We've talked about that in another episode as well about finding writing prompts through Pinterest and looking up places such as old buildings and different cities and things like that on Pinterest. It's not only a great way to find writing prompts, but it's also a great way to find inspiration for your book's settings. And that's actually one of the things that I've always had trouble with because I don't travel either. So I've always had trouble trying to figure out the setting of my books and I tell people that my Cozy mystery series is just in a void right now because people will ask me, you know, where do your characters live? I don't know. I haven't decided if I want to base it off of a real life place or if I just want to have a fictional place for them because I don't feel comfortable writing well enough about a certain place. Like, I don't think I would be able to do it justice because I've never actually experienced it and people have told me to write from where I'm from and I'm like nothing happens where I'm from there's nothing around me like what <laughs> that's that doesn't work no uh, but all the cozy mysteries I've read all of the settings they're based off of real life places so that's kind of where I flip-flop between having a real place and then a fictional place because you don't see cozy mysteries in fictional places that often. Mm. But yeah, I'll have to go on Pinterest. And then if I see something that I like, you know, you could do the research on it and stuff too, and just try to, I don't know, make it your own, I guess. That's a good yeah. way of doing it. Well, the thing is, I mean, Pinterest, I think one of the reasons we like Pinterest is, is, is a search engine, not really a social media. Yeah. So if you're looking for something, so say you want some sort of desolate place or some quiet grove or something, you can type those words in and it'll come up. I remember doing massive like searches on like urban decay. And because I think we had a book once and it was all these photos of like abandoned places, like old hospitals, um, schools random buildings, offices that had obviously been, and, and this was all around the world. And I think the creepiest ones were like the theme parks or the fairgrounds that had like 
built, been built and then either suffered from a recession or maybe there was a disaster like similar to like with Chernobyl uh, where people had to evacuate and they just never went back so then people are going and taking photos and you've got these like the paint peeling off these like grinning face roller coasters and everything and like bumper cars and they're all like overgrown with ivy and rusted and it was perfect if you were writing like a dystopian novel or some kind of you wanted to kind of create the mood of despair and isolation and even like fear because you can imagine if you you know if you're writing horror and people are going around some sort of abandoned hospital i mean we've probably all either seen or heard movies with that sort of thing and and it was just so great because I, I would never go to any of these places no thanks but looking at the photos I think I came up with like three different dystopian ideas from just these photographs, just because of how they created this atmosphere within you. Like, shouldn't really be here. It feels really creepy or just, it feels really empty. Like almost as if it's leaking into you and you feel empty just looking at them. Or maybe that says a lot about me, I don't know. Imagine (laughs) ghosts there. (laughs) Exactly, we're going back to the, uh, the, the paranormal and all the nature took over. It's like, it's just everything. (laughs) <laughs> sounds amazing but yeah so yeah type in urban decay or anything like that or just pick something you know whether you're on tropical beach or busy city just type those in and you'll get some incredible photographs from brilliant um, photographers and it really does help to kind of give you that visualization if you're building your world and you know you could create a whole pinterest board of those locations to, if you're ever struggling to describe things if you're ever struggling to sort of get yourself back in the world when you're writing have a look at them and try not to go down the rabbit hole of finding more, which we all do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't, you can't not go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'm going to throw in one last bonus thing here though. Cause I know like for me, I was talking a lot about my cozy mystery novel, but what inspires your writing? Uh, just do it because you want to. Like I have a couple of superhero novel ideas that, you know, I watched Marvel and DC and stuff, and I was like, I could do that. I probably can't do it. But, you know, like, just whatever inspires a novel, if you see something and you're just like, that's really cool, I can do that, I want to do it, then do it. By all means, just do it. It helps if you have an interest in something like ghosts or nature, but just do it. Yeah. Actually... It's the idea that you should be always keeping your eyes out because inspiration can literally come from anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think it was Terry Pratchett. If you read his Discworld series, he creates a character called Luggage. It's like a big luggage trunk with lots of feet that runs after the wizard Rincewind. And apparently he got inspired by that because I think it was either a train station or an airport and someone was pulling one of those squeaky wheel, troll, um, squeaky wheel suitcases and apparently that little thing triggered the idea for luggage. So seriously, inspiration could just anywhere. Seriously? And I always thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I haven't read that book, so I can't really comment on that. But that that's cool. I like that. Um, with all that said, I think we'll, you know, we said what we can. So we'll wrap the episode up. Um, so basically, I mean, for us personally, like, Ari is inspired by mythology, nature, and various places, and I've been inspired by just, like, my general likes from when I was a kid, wherever that came from, as well as paranormal stuff and video games, but really, just look all around you. Inspiration is everywhere, and just 
you know, take what you can. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode and do let us know what inspires your writing in the comments or on Twitter using the hashtag the Mary Writer Podcast. And if you want to get some extra content, you can head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the Mary Writer Podcast. You can support our show for as little as $1 a month and get extra bonus content, including mini episodes. So tune in next week for another episode of the Mary Writer Podcast, where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hi. This podcast is brought to you by Arguments Over Coffee and Tea. Whose side are you on? The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.